Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Riddle me this, riddle me that. When we get to these two-hour Friday night specials, why doesn't AEW just do a 120 middle battle of the belts? I now have no leg to stand on because I went to say minutes and I said, Mittel, how the hell do I have this job? Anyway, let's not worry about that because it's absolutely pointless. And instead, let's get our wrestling dance on and get excited about some professional wrestling. Otherwise, what are we doing with our lives? But we did just have AEW Rampage and we had Battle of the Belts 5, I believe. So let's take the finger of power and give the good bits an up and the bad bits a down. So indeed, we do start with Rampage, even though it was basically the same show. Although our first match was Brian Danielson and John Moxley taking on top flight. This was tremendous. I really wanted the Martins to win, even though that was never going to happen. But the greatest thing about them is that they totally maximise their minutes. And if we can find them some victories throughout 2023, I tell you, they will have a banner year. It's the same with Mox and Brian, but we all know that. And even before the bell run, Dante had done a die because he was like, damn, you wrestling 2022. I wanted to be wrestling 2023. When Brian Danielson also agreed because he did a dive and took out everybody. I think Top Fight likes to feel like only they can do flippy dippy doodah moves. So they grabbed Brian and they threw him into Barry Barricade as the bell rang. And it did mean for a little while that Dante and Darius were beating up John Moxley. I was like, it's pretty damn incredible. And we made the tag to Danielson, who went absolutely nuts. I mean, he just hit everything he could with strikes when he took Dante and put him on the top rope and tried to give him a hurricanrana when that Martin landed on his feet because he is an athlete. And then I think somebody decided, you know what? At this juncture, we need a badass shot. So everybody looked at everybody else started to fight. This was really dumb for the Martins because it meant they were trying to go blow for blow with the Backpool Combat Club. And as we know, this is their whole deal. So they murked them. We saw Darius go flying into a steel chair. When he was back in the ring, Brian Danielson was just working him over like he was some kind of submission Sally. I mean, when that didn't work, he just battered the guy for a bit. When he tagged in Mox, he was like, oh man, I want to do some battering too. When he tagged back in Brian, who said, oh sweet, let's do some more battering. And I was like, who do you think you are, you two? Some fish? It was all built into the hot tag because of course it was. And when Darius got this, it was like somebody had injected him with you have to do everything juice because he went absolutely ballistic. But I can tell you, he could wrestle. At one point, it looked like he was going to take care of both both members of the BCC, Brian Danielson slapped him and <laughs> booted him right in the face. And if he had pinned him and got the one, two, three there, I'd be like, yeah, I totally get it. Darius was mad that his hot tag had been ruined though, so he took a med pack and he started slapping Brian Danielson too. And when Brian ran at him, he ducked him, hit him with a Spanish fly. And I was like, well, that is just absolutely stupid. The craziest bit is when John Moxley was going to do some kind of suplex to both of them. And somehow one of them kind of flew in the air and then he was bouncing off the other one when they took out both members of the Blackpool Combat Club. 
And that's the best explanation I could do, because it essentially was 2 plus 2 equals potato. It didn't make any sense. It all built to a big finish where John Moxley even hit a double axe handle to the outside. And that made me chuckle. When eventually Danielson did lock on the regal stretch and they won the match. But as I always say when it comes to top flight, they never properly lose. Because I always walk away thinking to myself, well, what a couple of talents. So again, I keep my fingers crossed for their 12 months, giving it up. I was then made aware of a sign, and boy howdy are we getting creative. I mean, it's totally nuts because this sign counter is out of control. But somebody had actually brought a piece of card, and they had written on it, I missed my wife's birthday. <laughs> to get it up. Now, I don't know if that is the right thing you should do. You should probably love and cherish your wife and never take her for granted. But honestly, this put a massive smile on my face. I am going to give you an up for being a bad person, essentially. But hey ho, we live in very strange times. And look at this. It's already up to six. And I know we are being way too self-gratifying. Sometimes it's nice to give yourself a pat on the back. Adam Page was then walking around the parking lot, I think, with some papers that basically said, hey, if you don't do anything for a few days, you can fight John Moxley. When he said, listen, no matter what happens, I am going to beat the crap out of you anyway, and I want this to be documented, even if I have to burn it onto VHS. He also said he's going to send a copy to Mox's house, because in the basement, that's where the BCC hang out, where they basically get all funky-dunky about MMA. So I was laughing, oh my gosh, where did that come from? Also, come on, it is 2023, I'm going to assume they at least have a DVD player. Hangman has found his feet with all of this again though, and honestly, not in my wildest dreams did I ever expect a VHS reference, so for that sentence alone, excuse me, I'm still very sick, I'm giving it up. Rip Baker and Jamie Hayter were then getting ready for their big tag team match next week. They were taking on the Renegade Twins. And this was cool as well because we were told the Twins are on a three-match winning streak, so there were some stakes here. And do not forget they are called Robin Renegade and Charlotte Renegade, which are some of the greatest wrestling names you could ever hear. Also, this was nowhere near a squash. They got a load of offense in, and they looked pretty damn good. The crowd was absolutely wild on this evening, though, so when Britt Baker did tag in, holy crap, it was like the most important person ever had come home. And she got this massive DMD chant... Pretty cool. Charlotte did eventually get the hot tag and she hit a flat liner onto Hater and she hit a spine buster on Britt Baker when she also busted out a fisherman suplex and got a two. Baker was able to come back from that with a near fall on her own after a falcon arrow and I was like, I wonder if that's a shot of Sheeda when Charlotte got to her feet she got destroyed. Because she was stuck between Jamie and Britt who basically booted her in the face, gave her a massive lariat, kicked her again, probably said something insulting when Britt noticed, wait a minute, she's bent over. So she ran in and she hit the curb stomp. And of course she won. I mean, it was never in doubt. So this was really solid and I think it sets up next week quite well. And it reminds you that maybe we should keep an eye on these renegade twins, which we should do, giving it up. The House of Black then cut a promo. They are really, really weird people, but also badasses. I think Malachi Black's main beef is that Eddie Kingston is not the Eddie Kingston he remembers, because this version is going on about contracts and is going on about rules. Where's the violent person we used to know? And if anybody is to blame, it's that damn Ortiz. Julia Hart also weighed in that they are there to help Eddie and once again put the blame on Ortiz. So seriously, we are just driving a wedge here. I'm a bit worried it's going to work. It also kind of felt like the House of Black is trying to recruit Eddie Kingston, which is very interesting. And later on, we did cut to Eddie and Ortiz, who are not getting on at all. But there is going to be a match next week on Rampage. Given we haven't had that many segments for this feud, I do find myself very interestingly intrigued. 
Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Before we go any further, though, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, we all carry around different stresses. They can be big life worries or just, you know, little things like your favorite wrestler not being used properly. The thing is, when we keep them bottled up, it really can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. It is really helpful, too, for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. Therapy basically empowers you to be the best version of yourself. So why not give better help? a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and best of all, suited to your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash whatculture today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash whatculture. Pedro Pedagroso was then here. Or Preston Vance, or Harry Kane, take your pick. Now, he was taken on Sonico, so straight away let's get rid of that O and just call him Sonic because that's far more fun. And he must have been from the area because holy smokes, this guy was treated like a hero. It didn't work for him though because within 30 seconds he got hit with the discut lariat and he lost. Where was Tails? Sonic was also a masked man though, so of course Pelagroso ripped that off and dragged him up the rampway to get mega heat. And he did get that here. I know I keep going on about this every single week, but I think there's something to it. And if we keep going and we keep building these bricks, I actually think it may click. Also, we should do a Sonic feud, because that'd be funny, giving it up. We then learned that of all people, after Dynamite, Mike Bennett and the Kingdom had gone up to Darby Allen and gone, Darby Allen, you're an absolute fruit loop. So now they're main eventing Rampage. I suppose, why not? Allen did walk out here battered and bruised because of course he did. He was almost dead on Wednesday and he's already having another fight. So Mike Bennett was like, all right, well, I'm just going to focus on your knees. Because if you are about to have a match with someone and they're walking like this, yeah, go after their legs. Allen was also hurled into Barry Barricade in the early going. And as always, there's no trick to this. It's just a man going into some steel I don't think I'm ever going to be able to get over it. Darby Allen wasn't able to fight back when he went for his high-speed dive, but he was dealing with everything here because Matt Taven just pushed his friend out the way, meaning Darby went into him instead. So once again, he got beaten up again, including taking this Russian leg sweep off the ring apron to the floor. And that just looked like it broke everyone. That felt like writing a letter. Don't know what it was going to say, but I was freaking out. There's also a bunch of other crazy spots in this, including when Darby was on the front foot. He went to the outside and he got a chair and he put Bennett in it when he went to the top rope and he hit a shotgun drop kick. That was gibberish. He hit a shotgun drop kick. Now, not only did it look like it really hurt Bennett, but of course, Darby 
just went right into the floor. Once again, I was like, can someone just give this guy a hug? I think he needs it. He's then gonna go for the coffin drop, but Maria was interfering and covering her man. And then there was a bunch of fracas which allowed Matt Taven to give Alan a smack when Bennett hit the pile driver. And that was actually quite a good near fall. Now, if Darby hadn't have won the TNT title only two days ago, maybe I would have bought it. I can't lie, I didn't. So of course it was never gonna happen. So instead, Darby Allen hit this terrifying looking code red from the top. He eventually hit the coffin drop. He got the one, two, three. But he is just so damn over. And I actually thought this exceeded expectations. It was very, very good. And it's getting it up. Battle of the Belts 5 then did begin. And I was a bit like, well, who the hell is gonna start this off and be able to carry on that momentum? But it was the no-holds-barred AEW tag team title match between the acclaimed Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal, and you just got to give it a round of applause. I take back everything I said about Jeff a couple of months ago. I don't know what I'm talking about. This may be the most fun match I've seen in ages, and that's because they designed it to be. Max Caster also had a terrific rap, as he always does, where he said that Jeff Jarrett was a bigger slight on the wrestling business than Vince McMahon, and you can imagine that reaction. And then every other thing we did in the ring was just so meticulously thought out. But at one point, the acclaimed hit a double suplex, and Max Caster was so happy about that. He just flew out the ring, he slapped Satnam Singh, and then he got back in again before Satnam even knew what had happened. And when he eventually got in there with Jeff Jarrett, he hit the angle slam and then pretended to take his singlet off, but he wasn't even wearing a singlet. And of course, he followed this up with the ankle lock. I'm sorry, I just love this stuff too much. Somebody fire me out of a cannon. Just when I didn't think he could get any better either, Jeff Jarrett was about to tap out when Jay Lethal went to the top rope and he surveyed the situation and he must have thought, well, it is a no holds barred match. Why should I risk hitting my own partner? And he hit the elbow onto the referee. Now, that may sound quite like it was nothing. It was not. It was so damn funny. I laughed out loud, and this match, the best thing I've ever seen in my life. Billy Gunn then lost it, and he was clotheslining Jeff Jarrett, but Satnam Singh didn't like that, so he was in there too, and other people being thrown into Barra Barricade. When all of a sudden, the giant grabbed both of the acclaimed, he gave them a double suplex, when he too looked at the referee and thought, well, I don't like you much. Chokeslammed him as well. This was after Daddy Ass had smashed him in the head with a guitar as well, so he was just pitched like an absolute warrior. And at this point, Sanjay Dutt thought to himself, well, surely if I wear a referee's top, I'm the referee. So he put the referee's top on. This is when I think Jeff Jarrett hit the stroke, I can't even remember. But just as Sanjay was about to hit the three, no, Jay Lethal, I'm all over the place. Jay Lethal hit the lethal ejection. Sanjay's about to hit the three, when Aubrey Edwards was there, she stopped him, she broke the pencil, they got into it, and the whole time the fans were going crazy. And I couldn't help it either, I went crazy too. This is when Bowens hit the arrival and Caster hit the mic drop and they got the one, two, three. So they are still the new AEW champions. And I mean this from the bottom of my tootsie toes. If every single few has this kind of a build and this kind of a payoff, I will never complain about wrestling again. I mean, I rarely do because I'm a positive Pete, but I will make it a rule. It was just so well put together from start to finish. And now I look back on it and I start to cough because I'm sick. Tremendous, great, great stuff. And it is getting an up and it is a damn strong up. Will Hobbs was then talking about his book and how he's going to use that to destroy people. And we did get everything between Eddie Kingston and Ortiz that we talked about earlier. So technically that conversation was on a different show but also it really, really wasn't. It was then time for Jay Cargill versus Sky Blue for the TBS Championship. And I couldn't help but be this guy here because I was like, I know Sky Blue has been involved in all of this, but what the hell did she do to earn herself a championship opportunity? And why isn't it Red Velvet? So it is a down because there's no rhyme or reason to any of this. And while there are good bits to the story in general, there's also other ones that leave me totally baffled. And it could be on me. I am a stupid person, 
But hey ho, sometimes you need to cater to stupid people, so it's getting it down. Otherwise though, what we did get here was once again far better than I was expecting. Because not only did Jay Cargill have her working shoes on, but Sky Blue clearly was like, oh yeah, you want to see what I can do? Fine, fine, fine. I mean, she was just reversing every single one of Jade's moves into the most devastating move in all of sports entertainment. If I actually believed that Cargill was going to lose anytime soon, I would a bit. Sadly, I did. I mean, Sky got slammed into the entrance ramp way at one point, which was so disgusting, Jade got back in the ring and was like, well, you may as well counter out, ref, because she's not going to get back to that. And during this is when Red Velvet walked out and she just looked at Jade Cargill, which means things are about to get serious. Blue did still make it in just because she was about to lose, which is when Cargill just ran across the ring and she hit her with a pump kick so hard, I fell down. That was the impact. Velvet then started making more noise because she got into it later the grey and she thumped her one. So I suppose we can do that match before we do get to Jade Cargill versus Red Velvet. Went back in the ring. Holy smokes. Sky Blue hit this amazing code blue for a near fall. And once again, I really wanted to believe, but I just could. The absolute best bit, and maybe the best bit over both shows though, when it comes to spots, is that this is when Sky went to do a springboard off the ropes. Cargill caught her and she just handled her like she was nothing. I mean, she was throwing her up, down, left, right, all around the place. When she transitioned into the jaded position, she hit it, which looked totally devastating, and she got the three. And honestly, you've got to give a round of applause for that. It looked flubbing excellent. You can't just do that either. It takes real skill and real strength, so more power to both of them. And I am going to give this an up. You should go out of your way to see it. You will be pleasantly surprised. The firm then told Jungle Boy and hooked that they are going to beat them up in a tag team match next week. When we also learned on next week's episode of Rampage, it is Ty Conte and Anna JS taking on Ruby Soho, Ruby Soho and Willow Nightingale in a no holds barred match. I thought about it and I thought about it and I was like, yeah, that's going to be ace. It all meant our main event was for the All-Atlantic Championship and I just want to say kudos to Orange Cassidy and to Kip Sabian because they have done a great job over the last few weeks building to this to the point the smallest part of me, the most important part, was like, I think Kip could actually win here meant I was in. Sabian was trying to outmine the piece of fruit to begin with because he did put his sunglasses on, just started walking around like he was Orange Cassidy when he threw them on the floor. When it was revealed, not only was Penelope Ford in his corner, but dun dun dun, so was the bunny. These three then mocked the best friends because they did their own hug and Dan hasn't it like this at all. So he went to curse Kip Sabian, who clearly had already come up with a plan for this. Bit Danhausen's finger. Sabian was all over this too because when Orange Cassidy went to do a DDT on the outside, he reversed it and just wrecked this guy's neck. And that's when I started to get really worried. I was like, wait a minute, you can't do anything without a neck. Somebody save him. He wanted to follow this up with a cannonball, which he did successfully once. But when he went for the second, Cassidy moved out the way and Sabian just destroyed himself. And this is when they climbed to the top. And my gosh, they were tussling up there for ages. When Orange was able to hit the superplex, but just when he was going to go for the orange punch, that bunny grabbed his foot, and I was like, you asshole. Nadhausen saw this though, so he told the referee like, oh man, you gotta get rid of her, which she did do. But this was a terrible idea, because by the time the bunny had been ejected, do you know who came out in her place? That's right, given the time of day, all the shops were closed, so it was the butcher and the blade. Danhausen tried to stop them, but of course he got absolutely killed, so they got out some chairs to watch this thing, and I was like, yeah, pff, like they're just going to watch. Went back in the ring, Kip Sabian hit this bizarre inverted falcon arrow thing and got a two. It was 
Pretty good. The butcher and the blade, surprise, surprise, were then ready to pounce when the best friends came out and they all got into it. When back in the ring, Cassidy went for a DDT when Sabian somehow reversed it into a neck breaker. And we've already talked about the neck. Sabian was then able to hit an orange punch of his own, but I can only presume Cassidy has trained himself against this because all of a sudden, he just went super duper nuts and he hits the beach break, but he only got a two. Orange totally lost it at this point. He started beating Kip Sabian up in the corner. And for some reason, the referee kept trying to stop him. And I was like, why? It's a wrestling match. He's allowed to do it. And Cassidy got so mad, he even shoved the ref. And I was like, well, no, you better not do that. It was a wonderful tease, though, because it led you to believe that we were going to get a screw job because from nowhere, Kip Sabian hit the most devastating move in all of sports entertainment, the surprise roll-up. But he only got a near fall. That was well done. It did allow Orange Cassidy from nowhere to hit two orange punches. He got the one, two, three, and retained his belt. And this was such a terrific end to two shows that had given us a bunch of terrific matches. I am giving it up. Which did indeed bring us to the end of 120 minutes of AEW action, and I am going to give it an up. I wouldn't say there's anything night and day that you have to check out here, but overall, what a well put together couple of hours. Now please do leave a comment below and let me know what you thought about last night's AEW Rampage and Battle of the Belts. Like the video, share the video and subscribe. Head over to whatculture.com where you can read yourself some articles, check out Smackdown Ups and Downs which should be live now and we're on social media. We'd love a follow. We're sad. My name is Ivan What Culture. Happy New Year. Happy 2023. We're not saying that anymore because we've got to get on with it. Have a lovely weekend. See you soon. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.